Time again for your weekly dose of no driving gloves. Will's missing in action. Had something come up at the last minute, but that kind of happens as a shop owner. So it's just me and Derek, and we're going to have you joined by a special guest a little bit later in the episode. How's your week been going, Derek? Are you been staying warm? I know, you know, down here in Alabama, you know, we're only seeing 20 degree temperatures and <laughs> my poor family seeing minus 20. What are you guys doing in Kentucky? We're just hanging out. As you said, you know, John, John, you and I are both from, from the north and moved south to us. This uh, here, in, here in the Bowling Green area, it is about, you know, it's, it's in the uh, double digits, low double digits, 10, 11 degrees things like that. As you say, you know, my family up in Michigan seeing the that negative 35 number and and those numbers that they're getting up there. To me, I am uh, I am perfectly fine with uh, an 11 degree day down here in Kentucky. You, you got to quit giving Will so many excuses. This whole shop owner thing doesn't cut it. Okay? He's he's you know, we we we're dedicated to the podcast and he's not, he's letting our listeners down. I know he is. We're just we're gonna have to figure out something, or well, maybe we'll have to replace him. We can just record him saying stupid things, and just you know, you can just edit them in periodically. I've already recorded him saying stupid things. I got seventy six episodes of that. Well, there we go. I might have to look at that. We'll just edit him in and have some of his quotes. Except edit, yeah. editing takes time. I already spend too much time doing that. Uh, listeners would not believe the number of ums and ahs and oohs and long breaths and pauses that we seem to take. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who does that on this podcast, but uh. I think I'm guilty as charged a little bit. If anybody didn't hear me on Brett's uh, podcast last week, be sure to check out the Driven. And he doesn't edit. He just goes straight from the recording. You learn why I'm not wow. a, not a lo- lawyer or anything. He's he's kind of you know he's he's modeled after a radio show, and they have made up breaks and stuff but i think his his podcast is moving to actually ter- terrestrial are being re- going to be rebroadcast on terrestrial radio within the next couple of months he's trying to fit that format that's something i never wanted to do and i think i've said before we've been offered a terrestrial radio place and i just don't want to build into that four segment format in 15 minutes and rigid you got 11 minutes and 20 seconds to talk so it's just obviously been too cold to be outside messing with any of our personal cars and that. I did, did begin a woodworking project in my shop. I know a lot of people say sometimes it's a, you know, it's a poor carpenter that makes excuses and bl- you know blames his tools. But this is the first project that I've ever been able to build with my uh, new saw stop. Just absolutely love that saw. It makes <laughs> makes all a world of difference. I did accidentally set off the brake the other day. I was cutting a piece of a laminate, and I didn't realize it, the laminate actually contained a really thin, micro-thick, um, almost aluminum foil in the middle. And I found out aluminum's conductive, so I have set off my brake. I have bought a new brake for the saw, so I know it should save a finger if I ever put it through there. There you go. Yeah. $50 saw blade later because I'm not using expensive saw blades and $75 break. We're all set. <laughs> it's a $125 learning experience. Yeah, but it's $125 that, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to cut a limb off. Yeah, and to me, I've always said I don't mind if I never cut a, you know, if I never use the break, 
eh, I might be mad, but I'll be dead, so I won't care. If I do use the break, it'll be worth every dime I've ever paid for it. We'll see how that one goes, but like I said, I just back out in the wood shop, and the garage here's heated, and uh, it's kind of good to be making sawdust again. It's, as I've said on the podcast for a while, I had a shop all set up last year, and then I had to sell it, so it was kind of nice to get this one together and begin that project. Same thing here. It's it's just kind of too cold to go out in a non-heated garage and uh, try to do any work, so a lot of a lot of inside work being done, uh, finishing up some of the room renovations we've been doing and uh, actually working on trying to put together, a repair a antique uh, secretary I bought. You know, even though I'm not working on cars, I'm working on something. Keep keep the hands busy, right? Uh, that's what I look at it as. Is it's it's kind of that making, keeping the hands busy, keeping the brain thinking. And it's it's sometimes nice to work with different materials and everything. You know, we do cars in our day jobs. We, you know, it's tough sometimes to come home and continue to do cars. It's one of those things, you know, work for your passion, but you know, sometimes making your hobby your 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 job does come back and bite you a little bit. Don't regret it at all. It's been a good career. Our guest this evening, joining us shortly, he's uh, local to the Birmingham area, but he's put together a pretty large show for uh, World of Wheels. I think there's World of Wheels that take place across the country. They're, they're kind of a cool hot rod show, a lot of streetcars, a lot of restorations. Uh, they have two shows, one in Knoxville, Tennessee, one in Birmingham, Alabama. And I know I've seen them in like Kansas City and that. Eric should be calling in any minute now. He's put together uh, one of the featured displays at the Birmingham show. There he is. Hello, Eric. Hey, John. How are you today? Oh, I'm hanging in there. How are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. Just trying to put the finishing wraps on our event here. Yeah, I was uh, just giving an introduction about you. You called it a perfect time. Uh, we have Derek on also with us tonight. Will had to cancel at the very last minute, had something to come up in relation to his shop, and we've already given him a little bit of a uh, hassle about that on air. I hear you. Feel free to add in if you'd like. That's that's perfectly fine. I think he's bitter at you because you didn't invite the dart. You know, he got so mad and the owner got so mad, you know, they sold it. So. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> his, car, his car is a whole different world than ours. He would need a 20-foot by 20-foot display. And we're really trying to take a whole different approach with what we're trying to accomplish in that room. Yeah, we were. I was just giving a little bit of background about uh, World of Wheels, and you know, it's. I know they have shows all over the country. There's two here that are run by the the same. You know, basically a couple. Uh, one in Birmingham. One, I believe, it's in Chattanooga or Knoxville. I always get those two cities confused. I shouldn't. My brother lived in one of them. It's Chattanooga. That's correct. But you, you've put together and we been working on this for about two years, putting a display together to really high, highlight Mopars and make a pretty big Mopar splash at the event. You want to give us a little bit of background? and Yeah, yeah. let me give you the details. So we did something similar five years ago, but we had 35 cars. So here's what we're doing. This time we have went out and personally invited cars throughout the United States. We didn't just stick with local cars. Um, we're, we've asked, uh, Tim Wellborn from the Wellborn Muscle Car Museum to be involved. And he is actually bringing up the real Bobby Isaac Dodge Daytona car that 
uh, not only won the NAS, uh, NASCAR series in 1970, but it's also going to, uh, it's also the car that went after the Bonneville Salt Flats and it was well documented. We're going to have a total of six winged cars, including Bobby Allison's recreation car. And Bobby Allison is going to be in the room signing autographs with us on Saturday. We, you know, if you go back to the uh, racing and the drag racing back in the 60s and 70s, we have Mr. Four-Speed, Herb McCandless. He's bringing a couple of his cars. We have invited five cars from the Corvette Muscle Car Nationals that will be there. So uh, we're going to have a wide variety of some some modern, but mostly classic, but very well-restored cars. And you know, some of them will be have a local flair. You still need your local guys involved. But it's it's quite an interesting uh, arrangement of cars. And we originally started off, we, we uh, asked the, a guy with the Hazard collection to display with us, but it got such a, an enormous response that we ended up having him. He's going to be right outside of our room, but in his collection, you're going to see the, the General Lee, Daisy Duke's Jeep, Daisy Duke's Roadrunner, and the cop car, and then a traveling museum. So it's pretty pretty cool uh, assembly that we put together. Then other things we're trying to do is we've teamed up with Alabama Soda Blasting. They are actually helping us put together the display, and the room is going to be completely carpeted wall-to-wall. With black carpeting for the cars, and the aisles will be done uh, with red carpeting. So uh, we're 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 not holding back on any expenses of what we're trying to accomplish. That sounds pretty exciting, and you kind of glossed over. I was looking at the the website and that, and you're. I don't know if the kids are really interested, but you know it's Dukes of Hazard, and I got to go see Dukes of Hazard. And I believe Daisy was there a few years ago herself. But you, right. I believe John Snyder's supposed to make an appearance on uh, Saturday afternoon. Yep, John Snyder's going to have an appearance and make do uh, autograph signings. So yeah, you know, I I really have tried to think way outside the box and you know think of everybody that would tell me no and ask them, but that nobody really said no. We we had we had one car back out that we wish we would have had. We had a pristine uh, Christine car that is you know that's usually at the Mopar Nationals. And uh, he had other arrangements, but that's about the only car that we were told no by. And, uh, you know, and for people wondering about the winged cars and the Daytonas and the Superbird, this is actually going to be their 50th year anniversary. We we are going to be the first unofficial, uh, have the first unofficial collection uh, in the world of wheels with having six of them, which after talking to the, the promoters of World of Wheels, that's more winged cars than they have had in their entire history put together in the world of wheels. So. And I assume this is a combination of both the uh, Dodge Daytonas and Plymouth Superbirds, and we can see them all. And, um, you know, I believe, it's, you know, it's kind of a treat to see Bobby Allison's. And if, when you hit the show on Saturday, Bobby's obviously going to be there for a few minutes. He's going to be there for a couple of hours. I think, it, I think it's two to four signing autographs. And he will actually be signing autographs in the, in the Mopar Madness room. So, uh, which is, I believe, I'm not very good at remembering all their halls. I believe it's the South Hall. It's the hall that's right there parallel to the interstate that is currently being taken down. Let's advise everybody, if you're going to go down to World of Wheels at the Birmingham uh, Civic Center, or BJCC as they call it, be sure to probably put the address in your ways or your app um, 
Birmingham's made downtown travel pretty exciting. And, you know, this event's on February 8th, 9th, and 10th. And they're actually working three shifts, seven days a week, trying to put downtown back together. They just took it apart. So be sure to check some sort of traffic app on your way there and make uh, something that's more current than your car GPS. Because I'll be honest, my Ford Taurus wants me to drive across bridges that aren't there anymore because I, you know, I haven't (laughs) updated the GPS and, you know, that's only a two-year-old car. Try to use a phone app or something to get there. I've making some test runs down there and I could tell you those new ramps will dump you right off. It's, It's not that hard, but definitely don't try to drive over a bridge that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Do you mind if I bring up a charity and something that we're trying to accomplish? No, we'll put a disclaimer on this that, you know, neither Derek or I or Will or none of our employers actually are being paid again or endorsed about this. But you can feel you can feel free to plug anything you want. The idea is behind no driving gloves, again, is to get kids out there and to get people involved in the collector car hobby. And that's why we keep, you know, promoting some of these shows. You know, they're Birmingham or Kentucky located anymore. But as we get bigger, we expand more. So, Well, you mentioned kids, John. Let me tell you what we're doing. We've teamed up with Make-A-Wish Foundation Alabama, and that's about making uh, kids in need's wishes come true. So um, I'm sure you're familiar with Make-A-Wish. Yes. Okay, so what we're doing is um, I have had a special 124-scale die-cast car Bobby Allison's Dodge Daytona created, and Bobby's going to be signing that um, at the World of Wheels, and then what we are going to be doing is we're going to uh, sell chances on that car. We're going to sell a minimal of 200 chances at $20 a piece, and all the proceeds are going to make a wish so we could find a child's need that that's a car enthusiast, uh, we're going to try to make their wish come true. And so uh, we're teaming up with Make-A-Wish and making sure that they get all the, the, the proceeds that come from that. And to the listeners that aren't familiar with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, they obviously, they look for youths that have terminal diseases normally and try to make a bucket list item for them come true, usually their biggest wish, whether it's taken to Disney World, whether it's to meet Bobby Allison, you know, whatever it is, they that's what their fundraising is. And it's a, a really good charity. And you know, it's it's good to see you guys supporting them. Yes. And, and you know, we we just thought, you know, with kids uh, and cars, uh, we definitely want to keep that alive. And I think this is a great opportunity to mix the two. But getting back to the world of wheels, you know, what we would have for kids, uh, there, there's, there's going to be a great selection. Uh, I, I think the, the most fun is is when you have fathers come in and they explain to their kids what they're looking at, and it's not even close to what the truth is, but it's, it's always fun to uh, listen to people tell their stories about cars. And I'm, I'm sure you're, you're used to that. Uh, the car world is, is so great. Everybody has a, a memory that they're bringing back from when they were a kid, uh, you know, riding in these cars and uh, a lot of these cars are, are cars that you're probably not going to get to see again. The the Bobby Ozick car is actually a real NASCAR driven car. Uh, the Bobby Allison car is a recreation of his car. Then we will have three Superbirds that are domestic, which were, you know, bought, bought right from the dealership and another Daytona bought right from the dealership. But then we're, we're also going to have, and I, I believe I introduced you to a, uh, Chris Sibis from Evans Waterless Coolant, he's bringing uh, a dragster to the event. So 
pretty cool, pretty cool display that he's going to be bringing as well. Now, if I don't know uh, if you're up to date on the podcast, but we actually had Chris on two weeks ago discussing Evans Waterless Coolant, and obviously he's going to be in the Birmingham area. So if any listeners wanted to track down Chris and ask him some more of those uh, coolant questions, I forgot. I, it, it totally slipped my mind that he told me he was going to be at uh, the event. And going further for the Mopar enthusiasts, I'm, I'm sure you've had Sean. You've had Sean on your podcast, Sean Yoder? Yeah, Sean's guested a few times. Right. And, uh, you know, he's big in the car world, but he's also uh, intertangled with uh, some Mopar uh, situations. Uh, I believe he's uh, part of Moparian. He's also good friends with a guy out in Texas named Pedro Murillo, who is the leader for We Are Mopar. And, you know, we're, we're, we've actually invited uh, the club presidents from New Orleans and Atlanta and Chattanooga Coleman, Nashville, and we're actually going to uh, put all of our minds together to see how we can come up and do more charitable events that, that's meaningful to the, to the kids that's in our communities. I think the goals that you're setting out and, and the ground, you know, the groundwork, and this is a, you know, wonderful event and put, put you, uh, to launch it at, put you in front of a couple, I can't even remember what the attendance at World of Wheels is. I should have all those statistics because they always beg me to you know, let's get a booth there. Let's somehow get you there. But I, I right. can't can't remember their attendance. But uh, I was going somewhere with that, but I totally forgot. Derek, did you have any questions or something? As somebody who's obviously never, you know, you're you're the out of towner. You don't. You've never been to Birmingham World of Wheels. Is there anything that you're curious about, or that somebody who might want to drive down and see this? A question that we should be asking that I don't have a clue about. Well, you know, I mean, as uh, a true, you know, dedicated podcaster, host, co-host of, of No Driving Gloves, I, I did a lot of show prep for this um, because I wanted to be the uh, guy from out of town that, that's never been there. So um, I actually did no research on the show. Uh, so I had questions. I actually, I, I mean, everything that uh, Eric's been explaining has been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he's talking about Mopars. Uh, okay, I guess we'll allow it. No, I, it's, it, <laughs> I, I think it's really cool. I mean, you know, I know there's a big focus on on Mopar, but, you know, you're talking about other vehicles that are going to be there, you know, looking at the the website you guys have up, you know, some of the different, you know, the Burt Reynolds tribute's going to be there, um, you know, the Smokey and the Bandit tribute, uh, which I think is really cool because one of the things that I, I really like to see from shows that are trying to get more people involved in the car hobby in any way, you know, the, the younger generations, things like that, you know, that diversity of, of vehicles. And uh, like you said, you know, it's a chance where families can come in, dads, you know, grandpas can tell their sons, grandsons, these legendary stories of when they were a kid and owned one of those just like that, except for it was blue and it had an automatic instead of a manual transmission and it had a different interior and the story goes on. But I mean, so from my aspect of, and I know you're, you're a kind of a local show there to Birmingham, although you're, you're working very hard to pull people in other States, things like that. Yeah, what is you know what would be the draw of this show for someone like myself? That's I think I'm about four and a half five hours away from Birmingham versus you know 
some other shows that are around. What I mean, you already talked about some of the unique things that are going on, but if I was if I was to be looking at things, what what would draw someone's kind of attention to to come down to the show from a little further away? Sure. Well, first of all, this uh, this car show, uh, we're just like a small part of the car show. So let's go outside of our room. You've mentioned smoking the bandit. Uh, you have Ken Begg from uh, Bitchin' Rides. He's going to be there as well. But first of all, World of Wheels is a custom auto, auto car show. So therefore, you're going to see cars that you don't normally see. Uh, John preceded this about the Dart, uh, which was an incredibly beautiful customized Dart. Uh, I mean, but very well done. And so you're going to get to see cars that you don't normally see as well, which is, like I said, it's outside of our event. Uh, you know, we're, we're like a club thing that we're doing in just one room. But, you know, with the 51 cars that we're displaying, that's just a very small portion. So there, there's a lot of activities. If you're kids, they're going to have full-size Transformer people walking around and entertaining. There's going to be, and, and I'm not good with the host, but there's a WWE girl that's going to be there signing autographs. They've got a show uh, for kids, and then they also have have the custom automotive uh, show, and they're going to have a lot of great customized cars, too. Uh, that's a whole different flair of what we're accomplishing in our room. In some of my meetings and that, I know that uh, there's two different Corvette clubs in town here, and there's and each of them are bringing eight or 12 cars apiece. So, you know, you, you, know, you, you have a dedicated 51 Mopars. There's you know, probably right. going to be 24, we'll say, Corvettes on display in two different areas. Uh, some of the guys from the Exotic Club always bring out a couple of their cars. I don't think they're doing de- dedicated displays. You do know that we actually pulled Tom away, and he will be showing his ACR Viper in our room. Yeah, I, I knew knew he was there, but I believe a couple of the other guys were planning to show some stuff elsewhere. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yep. They, they will definitely have a, a very... Very interesting cars, and like you said, exotics. Uh, just stunning, stunning cars. A Wheel Wrecker, which is a large sponsor of the event, always brings out some really cool, cool tow trucks. You know, you know some of the big semi-type tow trucks and that that you never get to see up close. You know, we all get to see what AAA sends to rescue us and our collector cars <laughs> on the side of the road. But they bring these things in there that. You know, they're cranes, and you think they could move buildings, and they probably could, and you're capable of moving 60 to 100 tons. And, you know, like you said, there's bounce houses, there's Hot Wheel Racing, one of the big local shops. I'm going to, you know, I guess I won't give a name because actually there's a whole bunch of the local shops will be there displaying their stuff. Um, There's, it's just, it's just a good event, and it's not narrowed down to just, you know, Mopars or whatever. There's a little bit of everything, and it, it's they've done a really good job in the last few years, I think, of taking the event away from all polished up, chromed out things you can't drive to a good mix of everything. There's stuff out there that you know darn well that those chrome brake rotors have never seen a brake pad touch them, but there's also stuff that literally drives into the show, and it's it's. Just, a, you know, like I said, a good, fun couple of hours you can spend downtown and you can cross the street and try some of uh, Uptown in Birmingham. And I think Top Golf is even near if you need an excuse to go golfing. And I know we're supposed to warm up sometime this week or that. So 
maybe you can go out and hit a couple of golf balls afterwards. So you can make it an, a, a good little family afternoon on a Saturday or Sunday here in Birmingham. What you said about the weather is true. My move-in weather is going to be 67 degrees in, in February. So, uh, so you're right. Top golf, practically walking distance. And then the, uh, uptown, uh, the whole uptown little vibe is, is a, it's a great place to get away and, and then come back to the show and go for round two because you're not going to be able to take it all in with just one little quick walk around. Uh, there's a lot going on at these. If you're looking for certain decals you thought you could never find, you know, they have lots of vendors uh, within the show. There's lots of things going on in these shows, and uh, it, it's going to be very interesting. Plus, it's a great family event uh, to get cars, uh, kids interested in cars again. Excuse me if I'm wrong here, but I believe in our conversations prior to this, do you not have a radio station or something actually setting up in uh, your area? Yeah, I don't know if they're broadcasting. Yes, we're going to have 101.1 uh, FM. Uh, we're going to have one of their um, shows in there, which is called Drag Race Central. And Drag Race Central is going to be coming in, and uh, they're going to be calling you know, all their fans to come down and support. And they're actually going to be helping me sell the uh, the tickets for the Make-A-Wish as well. But, uh, yeah, they, they've been doing radio. I've been calling in every single week and talking to them about the events. And, you know, even though they're a drag race uh, program, they're, they're still very much car enthusiasts and uh, very supportive of what we're doing, very supportive of helping Make a wish. I look forward to seeing the show. I know Will's talked to me about possibly driving down. Um, I've made a little bit of room in my schedule to at least be there on Friday and Saturday of the event. Watch for me walking around in my no driving gloves apparel, and <laughs> we'll we'll see what we're, I hate using going. We'll see because we just talked about Will, but let's see. You know, right. if we can bump into each other, I'll definitely check you guys out. Uh, I might even sneak down there on Thursday for some of the move-in activities and pester some people. I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to cover or anything you want to? My main thing is come down and see, see cars that you're not going to typically even see in the drive through, you know, and these cars, like, you know, when I say I got, I have thousand point cars coming from these, some of these events. I just had a car that just uh, won good guys in Nashville and just won a gold series thousand point. He actually scored a nine ninety eight at the Corvette Muscle Car Nationals. That's the type of cars that's going to be there. These are not cars that you're normally going to see in this in this level, but they are stopped, they're, they're not restored over the top. They're, they're restored to originality. So that's, that's the type of cars that, that you're going to be seeing. There are going to be some modifications, and you know, you're going to see some rear turbo cars and some supercharged cars and stuff like that. But for the most part, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a, a purist type of uh, car that you're going to see in this event. I can't wait to get down there again. Like I said, I might even have to crash the party on Thursday so I can beat the crowds. Be prepared to work. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think you know me. Me me, and work don't get along so well. <laughs> you got to be an organizer. I know. I hear you. <laughs> well, yeah. John, I, I appreciate you letting me call in. And, uh, you know, I would be glad to... Uh, on any other events, uh, you know, our club is also doing the meeting of the Mopars. We do it annually uh, in behalf of Philip Love. Uh, I've had you down there as a visitor before, and uh, it's always a great day down at the uh, Wellborn Muscle Club Museum with 
think they just recently purchased a car from Richard Petty. Yeah, I know Tim's been teasing that a little bit on his Facebook and such. I just haven't seen the culmination, but I, be- I believe I think there was a picture with Richard in a blue car and Tim. So um, yeah. we'll, we'll have to get Tim on the show. I'll have to drive down there and uh, chat with him. Maybe, you know, I know Tim's a busy man and sit down there with him at his museum because it's What's really... What's the of doing something during the event? We might we might take that. I'll have a recorder with me. I'm going to try to talk to a few right. people, but but we'll see what we yeah, can do. A, well, uh, I've said as much as I could say. Okay, thanks a lot, Eric, for joining us, and uh, I'll see you uh, when this podcast comes out in less than a week. <laughs> so, hey, thanks a lot, John. Yeah, thanks. Yes, thanks, Eric. Yeah, bye bye. Well, that was a good conversation. We're still working on getting some of the uh, audio quality into the phone calls. We've got a new a new piece of equipment on that. I'm not sure how bad it'll end up after editing. I usually do a pretty good job of cleaning them up. So Eric, or uh, Eric, 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 Derek, Eric, I get it all Eric hung up. Yeah. Derek, anything there seems attractive for uh, you or interesting or... You know, I I know I know you're a Chevy guy or brass era guy, and we're talking about <laughs> Mopars. No, I mean I think it's uh, any of these shows. You know, you know, World of Wheels. You know, I know that Eric's kind of the Mopar section of that. I mean, any of these shows that are at your big shows at at your local convention centers or expo centers, they're a fantastic place to go. You know, especially if you've got a kid that's you know interested in cars and one thing I would say is if, if you've got kids, a, a child, a, a little boy, a little girl, whatever, that is interested in cars and you live in an area that is having one of these going on, in this case, Birmingham, you know, it's like you and you and Eric talked about. It's it's a great opportunity to go down, introduce your kids to the car hobby, you know, what's going on in that car world. And you know, if it's if it's not your cup of tea, at least you get you know your kid to meet a few people, get to talk to a few people, and like you guys said, turn it into a family day. You know, once you're done at the show, you're already downtown. Go grab some lunch, grab some dinner, do something else that you're going to be interested. You know, make sure you're supporting your kids' interests, and if there's some kind of passion for cars there, try to try to build that up in them. I mean, I know. I'm, I'm preaching to a choir because I'm sure we don't have too many listeners that aren't car people of an automotive podcast. You know, this is this is where the next generation starts by going out to events like this and meeting people and, you know, finding the cars that they find interesting and learning about them. No, I'm, I'm all for, you know, it, it's it might not be a show that if I lived in Birmingham, I would be dedicating a, a, you know, time to go down and, and check it out. You know, if I, if I have, there's a bunch of car guys hanging out, I'm probably going to wind up there one way or another. You know, it's an interesting show I've attended off and on. And last year, about this time, I was probably going on my fifth or sixth outing with Zara. It's one of the first times I went out with one of her children. Uh, we took one of, one of her kids, her youngest to World of Wheels, and he's not a not really a car person. You know, we want him to be, and he kind of exci- got excited. He got to ride some of the rides. There were a couple of cars that he liked, and he wanted to take pictures of. And you know, we asked him the other day, "Hey, you want to go back to, you know, talking about Eric coming on the podcast and that tonight? You want to go to World of Wheels again?" And he kind of got excited about going. 
so last year it was a oh I'm gonna go because mom's going and it's something to do and at least you know to me it's not playing video games and this year he's showing a little bit of interest and you know maybe there is a car bug in him or that car gene I mean his mom has it maybe that trickled down to him you never know so even if even if the kids wishy washy about going you know you can always tease him you know we can go down we can see that and then we can you know. Go grab a burger, or like I said, the her youngest plays plays golf, so maybe we'll go over to Top Golf and you know let him hit a bucket of balls too, and you know give him a little bit of different rewards. There's a lot of lot of things to go on that, and kind of swinging back to collector cars and that. Aren't you prepping a car for an upcoming show towards your direction, Derek? Actually, yeah, very true. Um, you know, and I, I guess that's another good way to kind of get kids interested, you know, thinking about that. And I, I hadn't even made that connection, John. But yeah, we're we're preparing uh, one of our uh, historic race cars, a 1973 stock chassis Corvette racer that was a SCCA national championship car in the GT1 class back in 1981 and 82 we're getting ready to go to the Louisville Auto Show um, up in Louisville, Kentucky. For for those in the north, that's Louisville. Um, I, I learned very quickly when I moved down here that you don't pronounce all the uh, uh, syllables within it, and you just let it run together into Louisville. So I'm trying to get my southern accent going. Yeah, we're we're preparing that car, and and you know, new car shows are also a good place to take you know family events. I mean, not only is the family possibly looking for a new car and want to see what's out? You have to remember kids that are, you know, eight, nine years old right now, by the time they're driving age and and collecting age, although it seems very scary to me, and I don't know if it does to you, John, uh, the cars they're seeing at that auto show may be cars that they're interested in collecting because by then they're going to be 20 years old or so, you know, but yeah, we are, uh, yeah, we're preparing that car. And, and a lot of times at some of the new car shows, older cars show up, you know, special displays within uh, the new car shows and, you know, some some with great history. I know when I worked at Henry Ford Museum, we took cars to the Detroit Auto Show uh, most years, North American International Auto Show. People that came there, yeah, they got to see all the new cars, but there'd be a lot of significant historic cars there. So, yeah, this it, the, the car we're taking is pretty cool, though. It's got a great history. Uh, 1973, as I said, uh, stock chassis Corvette. So built off of a stock chassis, you know, obviously built up a 350, you know, Corvette engine built in 75 and raced for a number of years. And then in 81 and 82 had its most successful seasons where it, uh, as I said, won the 19, you know, both 81 and 82 SCCA national championships. If any of our Listeners here also view the More Mondays episodes that we do at the National Corvette Museum. They would have already, you know, kind of heard this story, but 1982 was a really stellar year for that car. Of course, the runoffs are at Road Atlanta. That is that is some of the stiffest competition they see all year. Obviously, the Grand National or the National Championships. This car was actually successful in defeating. Paul Newman, the famed actor and famed race car driver of the time, to win the national championship. So it's it's got a really strong history, great history. Um, yeah, we had it out at our motorsports park, not only doing a little shakedown on it, make sure things were running right so we can take it to and from Louisville Auto Show, but also doing an article for a 
a fairly well-known automotive magazine, which we'll probably talk about on a episode coming up in a, a few months. But um, we had a, a good day, full day of driving it on track, taking breaks periodically because it was about 36 degrees the way we the day we were uh, out running it, and it is a uh, it is a roadster. So I was uh, bundled up quite a bit <laughs> out on track driving the thing laps. As I've I've said on the show, you know we're we try to be very responsible with our vehicles. Um, you know we we use a term called responsible utilization. You know obviously we weren't running the car at you know a full ten tenths uh, race mode. We take them up you know and and drive them around. I'd say probably hitting about sixty seventy mile an hour um, in the car, and uh, just getting it you know getting it out, getting the photographs that the magazine needed, doing what we needed to do to make sure it was running right. You know that's one of the th- one of the things I I actually wrote on my personal Facebook page um, and my personal social media pages, which I'm sure John and and will eventually move over to our no driving gloves pages, and if not, we'll we'll make it happen. Days like like that when we prep a car and John, I'm sure you've got a story or two, but those are the days that really remind me of the work we're doing because preserving the history of these cars and preserving these cars doesn't mean that they will always sit in the museum for people to just come see sitting on the floor in the exhibit. Occasionally, we take them out, we, we run them, we demonstrate them, we capture that video and photography so that they remain a living artifact. They remain a living part of history, that you get to hear them, smell them, see them doing what they were built to do. Um, And and that always kind of gives me a a refresh in the the museum world when I've been working on, you know, static exhibits and, you know, all the paperwork that goes into collections and and everything we do behind the scenes. These are the, the times that I yeah, you know, it's really enjoyable to be able to get them out and do that. So that's one of the little perks about I think I like about our jobs is being able to I want to be honest, playing with things that most people can't. And I, I like the term responsible utilization when it comes to that car, which was immediately after I think the episode with the front wheel drive Corvette and you doing a burnout in it. So I don't know if that's Again, it was it was responsible. It was a, a very minor spinning of the front tires. Yeah. Did you get some decent decent number of views on that that uh, episode? That was, seemed to be one of the higher view counts I saw for such a short period of time. And I, I want to point out that the donor approved of us doing that. Well, the that's... donor was asked if we could do that, and she approved. Well, she knew the way that car was built, and from your description of that, I'm. I, like I said, I keep saying I need to, and hopefully over the next couple of months, some things change and I have a little bit more time to travel and I'll come up and spend a nice day as opposed to five minutes at the Corvette Museum, just passing through and check out the uh, engineering quality behind that Corvette. You've had a couple there. You dropped a couple of keywords for me and Paul Newman and SCCA National Championship stuff. And I've you know, been involved with some of that. And it's just always kind of always fascinating what's out there and what we come across. Maybe we'll see some of that at World of Wheels. Maybe we'll see some of that up at your local auto show. And it it's great to see these auto shows with the new cars trying to figure out ways of attracting people to to the shows. And I think as 
these online car, new car services or dealers and a lot more cars are purchased online, I think these auto shows are probably going to become more and more popular if they're marketed right. Because, you know, we don't want to walk into, you know, it's it's not like buying something on Amazon where you go to Best Buy and look at your TV and then go home and buy it on Amazon. People aren't going to go to the Mercedes dealership and spend a whole bunch of time with a Mercedes salesman to come home and then buy that Mercedes online. They're going to want to see the car in advance and like it. And, you know, unfortunately, I, you know, take some of the passion out of it. I think that's going to be a way people are going to window shop at the uh, car shows. And when then they're ready to buy, what makes an impact on them there might be the thing that they, you know, click and purchase, whether it be, you know, at Costco or on, you know, I guess you can buy cars on Amazon now, too. I mean, Bezios will sell you anything. Glad to see the classics coming in and making me check out some of those displays. You know, and, and to jump in on that, you know, obviously my my previous job before here at the, the Corvette Museum was up in Cleveland. And uh, the Cleveland uh, Auto Show, which is, of course, the new car show held at the uh, IX Center, International Expo Center, out near Cleveland International Airport. They do it very interesting, which they have the new car show in one of the, the, the biggest section of the Expo Center, which... Mind you, has an amazing history of its own because it was a World War II, at first, aircraft, and and they also built tanks there. So they had aircrafts being built and tanks. Uh, it's So it's a massive complex. Uh, you know, they have the big hall full of all the new cars and what they call the South Hall, which they have a classic and antique car show. People looking at new cars can check that out. Then they, you know, pop over to the South Hall. They see the the antiques and classics. And that's where, you know, the Crawford Auto Aviation Museum, where I was at, uh, every year has a, an area that's, um, you know, kind of given to us due to the museum by the uh, Cleveland Auto Show. We would bring out cars and they still do to this day. They take out a small exhibit of typically four or five cars, you know, set up an exhibit to not only promote the museum, but promote the history of of the automobile and especially the the history of the automobile and its connection to Cleveland. You know, some of these shows are, as you say, John, they're, they're getting very creative in the way they're marketing them and, and pulling people in just, just like what it sounds like world of wheels is doing and what Eric's doing with the, the Mopar madness. It's just another way to advertise part of that show and, and bring in some unique features that people are going to come want to come see. Well, I'm going to go with be attending more shows this year for sure. I've been really looking at a calendar. So we'll be out there, be able to talk to you about some more, usually probably after the fact. But I think we'll go ahead and kind of call it a night here. Uh, Our next episode should be really exciting if everything holds firm. I've got a very busy man scheduled uh, to be interviewed and guy... uh, Braces Vintage Cars. We kind of touched on that a little bit tonight. And Vintage to him, oh, let's say like a 2004 Formula One Ferrari that used to be run by a guy named Michael Schumacher. We'll talk about some of the other cars in his collection. So from an everyday guy, and literally he's an everyday guy. He's obviously got a dollar or two, but he's an everyday guy, just kind of like one of us. We're going to find out what it's like to drive virtually a modern-day Formula One car by 10 years ago. You would be unheard of to even touch the car. And 
he now has one, and he's agreed to take a little bit of time out of his schedule and join us on, on uh, No Driving Gloves. So get get all queued up, and I think that should be a uh, exciting episode. So with that, I think I'm going to say goodnight and get ready, and I'll see you at World of Wheels. All right, and I'm going to get out of here too, and I don't know, go do something. See you guys later.